You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider Credential, member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Monday, a victorious Monday, after the Pelicans get a very nice victory, a great Drew Holiday game, too, over the Indiana Pacers over the weekend. We will recap that in the first segment here. We want to talk a little bit about Nicolo Melli, too, who's been having a pretty good uh, start to 2020, um, and we'll talk about his contribution contributions in his pairing with Zion Williamson going forward. Then a couple of odds and ends from around the league and looking at an issue that has been uh, holding New Orleans back and is definitely going to be something you could point to at the end of the season for why maybe they may not make the playoffs. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So over the weekend, the Pelicans picked up a very good win over the Indiana Pacers, a game where they did not have Zion Williamson, who's out with a rolled ankle that he suffered in the game before. No Brandon Ingram either. We kind of expected that to be the case. And then no Victor Oladipo for the Indiana Pacers. And the Pacers coming in on the second night of a back-to-back, maybe we're at a bit of a disadvantage when it comes to rest and everything. But still, New Orleans being down two of its three best players its two best players you could maybe claim uh, to get a 124-117 victory where they kind of not cruised in the first half but led comfortably before things got kind of interesting in the third quarter and most of the fourth started to finally pull away in crunch time something we haven't seen this team do all year long and it was because of a guy who really hasn't come up in the clutch Drew Holiday so this was the Drew Holiday game 31 points on the night 10 assists 6 rebounds He was 10 of 22 from the field, 4 of 7 from deep, and then 7 of 8 from the line. He was just flat out awesome. Offensively and defensively, he was excellent in this one. And then in the final five minutes of the game, when you need someone to step up because you're without Brandon Ingram, you don't have Zion Williamson. Well, Drew Holiday was the freaking man. In the final five minutes of the game, 14 points scored. One assist, he was 6 of 6 from the free throw line, 2 of 2 from 3, and 3 of 4 overall from the field. 14 points in the final 5 minutes to seal this victory for New Orleans. A game, again, where they don't have some of their best guys in it. So overall, just an awesome performance from him in this one. He was great defensively all game two, tormenting some of the bigs for the Indiana Pacers. Basically just kind of carried the team to a victory. You got some very good performances all around, and with a weirder starting lineup, um, you ran a smaller rotation. So you had Drew Holiday out there, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Derek Favors, and Nicolo Melli. Melli chipped in of three of five shooting from deep, three of eight overall, nine points on the night, six rebounds. Derek Favors, 15 
18 points, 11 boards, 2 assists. Josh Hart, 9 points, 7 rebounds, solid in the starting lineup now um, after being a pretty good rebounder off of the bench. He was 3 of 7 from deep. Lonzo Ball with an excellent performance, 15 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds for him. He was 7 of 12 and aggressive late in the game, which really helped New Orleans seal this one. Off the bench, J.J. Redick was fantastic, particularly in the first half. 23 points on the night for him. 3 of 8 from deep, 17 of 15 from the field. Overall, 6 of 6 from the line, 4 rebounds, 4 assists. You had Jackson Hayes chip in 2 points. Each one more, 7 off the bench. Jalil Okafor getting some run, 4 points off the bench. And then Frank Jackson getting some good minutes in. 9 points on 2 of 6 shooting, but he got to the line 4 times, hit all 4 of those. Four rebounds too. You know, Drew Holiday was the the main guy in this one, but it really was a bit of a team victory where they're just getting enough from everyone else to kind of go out and get this victory. Um, and for you know potentially being undersized in this, they out rebounded the Indiana Pacers fifty three to thirty seven. Indiana had no offensive rebounds in the first half at all, only two total in the game, uh, limiting second chance points. That's pretty great to see uh, from this team and what they were able to do, keeping them off of the glass. And it was enough. They didn't need to be perfect in this one. The Pacers weren't looking particularly great at times. Um, but overall, you got just enough and you were led by Drew Holiday in the clutch. That's what you want to see. Overall, just a very good team victory with multiple guys contributing. And you could tell that the team after this was feeling pretty happy overall with the different things they said. So cool to see. Good victory on the road without some of the guys you have. Um, and that's exactly what you want to see from this team. So now when you add Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram back into the mix. And we should get an update at some point today after practice from them, but it sounds like they'll both be ready to go on Tuesday night, but subject to change. It's what you want. And now you throw them back into the mix and this team has a little bit of momentum and showed that some of these other guys can really step up. Again, exactly what you want to see. They just played good, solid basketball the other night, got the victory, got out of Indiana and went 2-0 and on this quick road trip. So it was a good team victory with guys stepping up and a guy who's been stepping up in 2020 is Nicolo Melli and we'll talk about him coming up here in just a minute. But if you want to get fit in 2020, you don't have to join a gym or pay a ton for overpriced fitness equipment. The best way to get in the best shape of your life is with Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com to discover their EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high quality at-home cycling experience at less than half the price of a Peloton. They make beautiful engineered products for everyone busy moms and dads first responders and an elite athletes whatever your activity level is and with daily live on-demand studio classes right in your home you'll never have to step foot in a gym you'll love echelon but if you aren't 100 satisfied we'll even give you your money back join the hundreds of thousands of men and women who are getting fit with echelon don't pay a ton for peloton buy an echelon bike today for under a thousand dollars again go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A, that's echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A to learn about their limited time free Apple iPad offer and complete details. Echelon, it's your time. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash L-O-N-B-A, echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A.
So we've talked a lot about the different rookies on the team in Zion Williamson, Jackson Hayes, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and we're going to save Nikhil Alexander-Walker maybe for someday this week, maybe tomorrow, um, and look at his play over the past couple of months, which have been kind of rough to be honest but today we don't so the other guy is who's a rookie and someone we don't talk about nearly enough and that's Nicolo Melli or at least mention him kind of in the same breath as those rookies partially because he's a little bit older it's a little bit different for him having been a uh, player in Europe for a number of years and he's now 29 years old so was 28 to start the season but still a rookie in terms of the NBA and he got off to kind of a quiet start for New Orleans not really making a huge impact um for a while, basically from all, you know mid-November to the end of the year, he was kind of a bit of a ghost on the team, not really getting significant minutes, not making the most of those minutes, and just not having an impact whatsoever. But after a couple of DMPs to start the year, he has really turned it on to a degree in 2020. And if you look at it since his first game, which came on the 8th against Chicago at home, in 2020, he's averaging eight points per game, three rebounds, and he's doing this while shooting 51% from three. He's making, uh, he's taking three attempts per game and making half of them, 1.5. It's pretty good. And if you look at it in terms of per 36-minute numbers, if he was playing the same amount as a starter, well, the numbers look obviously even better. He's averaging 16 points per game then during this stretch, along with seven rebounds and three assists. And he's also grabbing you a steal on a half and a block per game, and he'd be making over three threes per game. Overall, that's really good production, and it's not an exceptionally high uh, usage rate either, which I think is something that's worth keeping in mind so that you feel kind of good about him out there on the court and not kind of eating up minutes or other things uh, from some of these guys. So overall, these past 15 games or so, which is what it's been for him, he has played some very, very good basketball. Um, and he's doing this all in under 20 minutes per game. So a very useful piece. And if you need a stretch big, well, he's a guy who's certainly capable of doing that for you. He's got a usage rate during this uh, run of under 15. That's very good and very low, meaning he doesn't need to be the focal point of the offense. And he works well with Zion Williamson. Um, if you look at that, if you pull the numbers for both of these guys, and I've looked at this too along with the film, if you pull their offensive rating, their defensive rating for a net rating, they've got an offensive rating of 116.3, a defensive rating of 110.3, which gives you a net rating of 6. Now, Zion basically is a net positive in any two-man combination you use with him. Uh, and that points in that six net rating is kind of on the lower side with Zion Williamson, to be honest, um, when you look at it. But that's still good. A positive net rating of six is awesome. Now, it's not the one that he and Derek Favors have of 15.2. And the defensive rating, that 110.3, is much higher than the 94.4 that it's that he's got with Derek Favors out there. But overall, it still seems to be working, showing that Zion Williamson can play alongside a variety of other bigs. Now, the thing that kind of jumps out, and this, this matches the eye test and everything you see when they're out there on the court together, the defensive rebounding numbers when it's uh, Zion and Melly is significantly 
worse than when it is Zion and Derek Favors. They have a defensive rebounding percentage of 72.1 with Derek Favors at 76.4. We've seen this team kind of get burned on the offensive glass. The Denver Nuggets come to mind. The uh, Boston Celtics come to mind in that victory. So that could be a concern that maybe this lineup can't rebound a ton. But overall, it still is pretty effective. And we've seen from the Golden State Warriors when they ran that death lineup um, for a couple of years when they went super small and just hyper fast and athletic, they had a really bad defensive rating too. And that's why they never ran that lineup for incredibly long stretches of time. It was only a couple of minutes per game uh, so that you don't get killed on the glass. So looking at that and thinking about it in that context, I don't know if Melly is necessarily a guy that you can put put next to Zion Williamson for 20 plus minutes per game. I also think that as Zion develops as a defensive rebounder, maybe you don't worry about that nearly as much. That's kind of one of the things we haven't truly, truly seen from him yet. He's great at grabbing his own offensive boards, but not particularly great at being a defensive rebounder. It's getting better. Again, it hasn't been, you know, a ton of time. Um, that he's been out there on the court, but it, it, it remains to be seen and maybe they become too much of a liability right now, but that's something that seems like it should improve. But these two guys are only playing on the court per game with each other about 10 minutes per game. It's 9.6. You can probably run them for that long as a change of pace, but I don't know for sure that this is a two-man combination as of today, and we don't have a ton of data on this, that you want to run for so, so long. But it could lead to the creation of some sort of, you know, death lineup for New Orleans, some super small lineup with Zion playing the five, Melly at the four, someone else playing the three, and then you can kind of just bomb away and play four out around Zion. But I don't know if that's the most effective way to do it this season just yet, but it shows you that the potential there exists, and I think that is a very, very exciting thing to see. Again, Zion working well with almost any other kind of player, that is what you want and feel much better about team building around him going forward. So he's been good. He's been good next to Nicolo Melli, who's really stepped up uh, for his... Uh, during during on his contract in this year so far, and that's what you want to see. It's another depth piece that makes you feel good about New Orleans going forward. So don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts from. Leave a five-star review with a quick comment. It takes about 30 seconds, and as I've told you guys, it helps with the rankings for the show, among some other things. So it's one of the big reasons why this show is able to stay free and five days a week for you all. It takes 30 seconds. We don't ask for much here at Locked On Pelicans, and that does make a difference. So I'd greatly appreciate it. I see when comments are left, and thank you guys for taking the time out of your day to do so. Again, it does have a very positive positive benefit. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast from, leave a review and tell a friend about Locked On Pelicans. So if Nicolo Melli has stepped up for New Orleans, an area where they've struggled all year and has been kind of a thorn in their side has been the free throw shooting and the charity stripe for the team. They currently rank 28th in the league with a free throw percentage of 73.5%. Not good. You're one of the bottom three teams with that. And on top of that, this team isn't particularly great at getting to the foul line as is. They rank 23rd in free throw rate, 24th in free throws uh, per field goal attempt. That's not wonderful either. So they don't get to the line very often. And when they do, they are not 
converting. In fact, if you look at this team where they've shot under 70% from the free throw line, they've done it 21 times this year. That's over a quarter of the regular season. If you expand that to games they've shot under 75%, it jumps to 26 times. Again, still over a quarter of the year that you're not making free throws when you really, really need to. And it's disappointing to see because it's definitely caused them to throw away some games when you have um, games like the one against Denver where you easily could have won when you lost by seven and they went 18 of 30 this back earlier in the year when Denver also killed them on the offensive boards. But that's a significant loss um, and a game that you could have won if you had just kind of made your free throws. Uh, so that's definitely not what you want to see from this team overall. And it's kind of been a thorn in their side uh, the majority of the year. And maybe this could be something that got them back into games. But unfortunately, they haven't been able to do it. I mean, even go back to the one against the Clippers earlier uh, towards the end of January, a 133-130 loss where they went 23 of 36 from the line. You lost by three and you missed 13 free throws. Yeah, it's a little frustrating. Golden State at the end of last year, 12, uh, January, December 20th, 15 of 23 from the line, you lost 106-102. You'd easily get a number of these victories if you were just a little bit more sound there and didn't let some of this stuff get away from you early on. Again, you could go you could pick other games out beginning of December. Detroit, where they lost 105-103 and you go 15 for 22. It was a two-point loss. Easily could have gotten a couple more wins, which maybe have you in playoff contention, um, significantly more so than they are right now. So it's disappointing to see something that really does need to get kind of figured out. And a lot of this seems to be mental from guys like Lonzo Ball. Drew Holiday hasn't been particularly clutch. Same thing with Brandon Ingram, too. These guys are normally, well, not not Lonzo Ball, but Holiday and Ingram are normally good free throw shooters. And they have not been particularly in late game situations when you need them to hit those. Though Drew against the and Pacers went six for six in the final five minutes of the game. So maybe it's something that's turning around, but it's hurt this team. They need to coach these guys up and work uh, on this a whole lot more because it's been the difference from like four or five games so far this year. And when you're five games out of the playoffs right now, less a little bit more than that, well, you kind of need to get those free throws and get those wins, and it could make a big difference in your season. So disappointing that this has been a thing. And when you have a guy like Zion Williamson who's going to get you into the bonus early on, same thing for Brandon Ingram. If you're going to build a team, you need to make sure there's some sound free throw shooters on there because you should be living in the bonus. And if you can't take advantage of that, I don't know what to tell you. It's something that should absolutely impact their plans in free agency and the roster they want to put out on the court on a night in night out basis. Now, if you're talking about more roster construction right now, the Pelicans didn't do a thing, anything at all at the trade deadline. And we're not expecting them to do anything um, throughout the rest of the year. It's kind of it's buyout season right now. We just saw Marvin Williams cut from uh, the Charlotte Hornets signing up with the Milwaukee Bucks. It sounds like they'll be buying out Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Um, I don't see the Pelicans being in play for any um, guy on the buyout market. I saw a bunch of people throwing out Michael Kidd Gilchrist. 
as if that matters at all. It's like seven years too late for me to get excited about that guy. He does not shoot well whatsoever. What do, you, what do we need him here for? Um, and also, who are they going to cut with the two options maybe being Jalil Okafor or Frank Jackson? But I don't see that being the case for either of those two. I think they want to roll with the team. So you'll see some you know names that maybe get you excited. They're getting bought out. They're likely not going to be difference makers or long-term guys as is. Otherwise, the team would be keeping that. Like You're kicking the tires on Michael Kidd Gilchrist, who's been in the league for eight years now. Like you know who he is. It's not like maybe he works out. We we're, we're past that with all of these guys that are getting bought out, and then they're usually just doing that because they want to go full on youth movement at the team that they're on, and just need to free up minutes. So you may as well kind of send these guys loose, and it makes a difference with when it comes to agents, things like that. So I don't think any of the names that we're going to see out there are going to be of any interest to New Orleans. I don't think any of those names will matter to New Orleans, and I don't expect any of those names to sign here in New Orleans. So we don't need to spend a ton of time talking about the buyout market. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Good victory over the weekend over the Indiana Pacers. And go Drew playing exceptionally good basketball. Game tomorrow, we'll touch on the Portland Trailblazers. A couple other topics too. Probably Nikhil Alexander-Walker as well. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And we'll be back with you all tomorrow.